Yo, what is going on, everybody? It's your boy, Marshall, live, and I am live. And look, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get dinged for that, but a uh, little Gary Clark Jr. Bright Lights. I love that song, man. And I was like, I like to put on some music before we go live here on the Marshall Gillen Show, which welcome back, because in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing some vulnerable stories with you. And I'm going to talk about the night uh, of the Las Vegas shooting. Uh, three years ago, uh, October 1st. So it happened yesterday at the time of this recording. And, uh, you know, I, at the time, I didn't, I don't think I, I don't think I understood the actual magnitude, the weight that that one event at that, that one moment would have on my life. But, you know, as the, as the anniversary for lack of a better term, cause that's what it is comes every year. You know, it's just interesting how much more growth I get from thinking back and looking back on that and really why it's no surprise that my life has started to go the way it started to go. And I want to share that very vulnerable story with you uh, here in a second. Uh, I'll explain to you guys where we were at. I was dating a girl at the time. Uh, what happened the moment it all started to go down, what it was like the moments leading uh, after that, uh, and just share with you guys something. I just want to say from the beginning. First off, thank you so incredibly much for tuning in. Whether you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or one of the amazing podcast platforms that we're on, or whether you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, I just genuinely want to say, like, thank you. Like, who the fuck am I that you guys would ever even tune into this? So I want you guys to know, Gillen Gang, that what we're doing here, what we're building with the Marshall Gillen Show and the Marshall Live brand is never about me. It's 100% always going to be about us. And anybody that knows me knows but that's what I'm about. It's not because I need a pat on the back or like, I want to stand out or like that, that. I don't know. God just made me that way. Like I just want to help people. And so I want to remind you all, especially those people who may have tuned in for a second and they see me wearing the mega hat again and they want to just uh, get so mad. Like you guys, that's just part of the game. Like that shit doesn't even matter. And so I just want to remind all of you listeners and viewers right from the get go, before we get into this story is that I'm on a mission to save a billion lives and save a billion lives with the power of vulnerability and storytelling. So when I share these stories every day or as, as often as I can, I want to keep in mind, want you to keep in mind that yes, these are my stories, but it's not a story about me. It's a story about you. And as I tell these stories and I share these vulnerabilities and these emotions, where can you relate your story to my story? And how can we get to a point where we understand Gillen gang that all of that shit that's happening, they're just the details. That's the details of that's, that's life. That's the details, but underneath foundationally the emotions behind how we feel and then what those emotions cause us to do and or not do that's human nature. And that's what makes us all one. And so I just want to remind you guys is yes, when we talk about some highly controversial stuff on the show, yes, I have some very uh, poignant views that, that are, are a little out there for today's society and the way that we've been brainwashed. That's okay. Remind you guys, I'm never here to like, I'm never here to get you guys to believe what I believe. I'm just some dude who's like, you know, smokes some weed sometimes, drinks some coffee, gets outside and then transform my clients' lives. Like that's all I do. And then sometimes I was like, you know what? I should make a show and just share some of the shit that's on my mind because I think that if I tell my story in a vulnerable way, that it might make space for somebody out there, one of you listeners, one of you viewers to go, you know what? If this freaking bum five-time college dropout can make his dreams come true, create freedom and make a lot of money, like I could probably do that too. And so I just want you guys to remember, like that's what the Marshall Gillen show is about. It doesn't matter 
like, I don't care who you guys are within this game, like within this, this game, you guys know that I think this whole thing is a simulation. It's like, it's like a video game. And so that's the whole secret. And so like, I don't care if you guys like, uh, and again, I, I'm only bringing it up to, to just make an example. Like, I don't care if you guys root red, blue, fucking Biden, Trump. Like, I, I don't care. Be whoever you guys want to be within the game. But we've got to find a way to have these conversations and come together, you guys. So let's talk about this story. Uh, let's talk about the night of Vegas, the, the Vegas shooting. Because listen, we've been told some stuff, Gillen gang, about that night from politicians and from the mainstream media that just simply are not true. They're just not true. And I want to unpack some of those here today. Uh, Lindsay says, hello, hello. Hey, Lindsay, what's going on, girl? Longtime fan of the show. Uh, we love us some Lindsay. Uh, and if any of you are looking into uh, more of how to homeschool your kids, connect with my girl, Lindsay. Uh, if you guys are listening to this on podcast, I guess you're just going to have to subscribe to us on YouTube so you can also see who that is, okay? Uh, hey, uh, longtime listener, good friend of the show, Richard Kaufman says, love Gary Clark Jr. Uh, uh, love too. Yeah, love you, brother. Hey, I love you too, man. Um, very, very cool. And again, you guys, this is very interesting. Uh, Richard, thank you for tuning in. Uh, as it applies to today's story, uh, Richard Kaufman is a veteran. Uh, hats off to you, Rich. and um, he runs a podcast show uh, for veterans about, and he's massive in uh, suicide prevention and um, veteran suicide. And so it's interesting because that night in Vegas, and I'm going to unpack this story because this was without a doubt the fucking scariest moment probably still of my entire life. And it just goes to show you that no matter how good of a human being you are and no matter what you do, even if you're doing everything right, it just goes to show you that it all could come to an end just like that. And that's what I want you guys to understand about what we're going to dive into in this show today is that like, yo, like, I don't care how good you are and all the right things, like your life could literally just come to an end like that. And I'm going to, I'm going to share that with you guys here tonight, but it's interesting because I wasn't in, well, I'll get into it. I had P I have PTSD from that moment. Okay. And I'm just a regular ass civilian. I wasn't even in the worst of the worst. Uh, of that Vegas shooting. And even still, I have a form of PTSD from that moment. And so it's interesting for me when I hear veterans, and you guys know somebody that's dealt with mental health uh, um, issues my whole life, still do, still battle mental health, right? As somebody that's battled with mental health issues and who's tried to commit suicide, uh, as somebody who's uh, tried to join the military a few times, uh, if those of you guys who don't know, I took the ASVAB score to 93. Um, went to maps, uh, crushed my PST. I was trying to get security clearance to go to buds, uh, because when I was 27, I wanted to become SWIC, uh, which is just these guys who drive these boats, uh, that drop the seals off and pick them up. Um, but, uh, so I've always had this infinity for veterans and I can really, really connect to veterans, especially through suicide and mental health issues. And so, uh, I think what Rich is doing is, is incredibly admirable, but it's interesting because it's like, I can relate to them even in, in a new way. And again, I don't want to discount uh, any veterans that have been in combat or been through other uh, uh, serious traumas. But I'm just saying like to the other civilians who've never experienced anything like this, like, wow, I'm like, holy fuck, like PTSD, like that shit's a real thing. Like, holy smokes, man. Like what the fuck? And so uh, anyway, shout out to Rich. Uh, thanks for tuning in, man. We love you, bro. Um, so let's get into what's going on today. Uh, look, 
yesterday, I'll be honest, uh, on today, yesterday's podcast, if you guys didn't uh, listen to that podcast or if you guys listened to this years later, right? Uh, it was a podcast we did on the presidential debate, the 2020 presidential debate. I was breaking down you know, Trump versus Biden and kind of the whole ideology about what's behind it, which at the time of this recording, it's interesting, you guys, uh, the President Trump was just uh, tweeted out last night that he, uh, he and uh, Flotus uh, have contracted the coronavirus. which you guys know how I feel about that. I'm not worried about president dying of coronavirus, not even a little slight bit, but it's interesting because what I'm, I'm finding, I, I don't mean to get off topic, but I just want to highlight this for, for you guys to see how ridiculous it is. Like that's why I moved to Montana. That's why my, I have my clients focus on getting off of, well, I'm focused on getting off the phone and getting off social media and how to get more outside, how to get more in tune with their bodies. If you guys don't know, I literally uh, have a new program. Uh, that's launching. It's called Unstoppable New You. And for those of you guys who are listening or tuning in, basically what I created Unstoppable New You for is because I realized that in the middle of a pandemic, that people are feeling lost and hopeful. Now we have things like red versus blue, you know, Trump versus Biden. Does president have the coronavirus? Is he going to die? Am I going to die? Like all of this uncertainty. And I get it. Like you guys, I get it. I've been there before. You guys got to remember, I was lying dead on the floor. I was a junkie. I've been in gangs. I've shot at people. I've stabbed people. Like I've been in fucking massive fights. Like I'm not telling you this because it's cool. Like it's not cool. I'm just telling you like I've been a low life, like the lowest of the low. So I know what it's like to struggle. I know what it's like to really be there. And so what I was like, I did is I said, you know what? I'm going to create a community uh, called Unstoppable. And what I want to do is I want to create a, a gang of unstoppable people who, who aren't stopped by some bullshit presidential debate some bullshit virus or some bullshit, you know, fucking media or some like just people. I want to be surrounded in my life with people who like, who just don't play victim to anything. And I like, look, I'm not talking shit to people who do. I'm just saying like, look, you do you. That's just not me. I'm not a victim to anything, like nothing. I'm 1000% 1, responsible for my own reality. And so I create Unstoppable New You because I want to be surrounded by people like that. And so anyways, as we get into this, it's like, I, I don't mean to pick at people, but it's funny because with President Trump being uh, admitting or saying that he has coronavirus today, a lot of the people on the left, a lot of the people, Biden, a lot of uh, Black Lives Matter people, right? They're literally in the, they're, they're, they're renouncing hate, racism, violence, right? But they're doing it like, as racist, like with hate and very violently. And so it's interesting because like, if you go see, if you go to the tweet where President Trump tweeted last night that uh, he contracted coronavirus, him and uh, First Lady, um, all of the people on the left are, are like just going off, man, talking about um, how, he, how I hope you die and, I, and this and that. And uh, like all this hate and stuff, and I'm like, that's crazy because you literally don't see pres you literally don't see that coming from the right side at all. Um, and the people that are marching against it, it's just like so silly. And so, anyways, I'm off topic again. I do that sometimes. But uh, let's talk about the Las Vegas shooting because speaking of this whole thing being a game, and the fact that none of this is actually real, and that the media, like, look, you guys, we've been over this before. Let's let's just put these let's just put these up real quick though to remind you guys if you're tuning in uh, on podcast. Right now, I have a graphic up on the screen, and what it shows is uh, it shows six different sections. 
And in the middle of these six different sections are six big names, Sony, Viacom, Disney, Comcast, Time Warner. These are the big six, these are the big six groups that own all of the media that you see online. Six, six people. Basically, there's basically there's six people that get to decide 99% of what you're going to be seeing on TV. Okay, so we know that. We know that. Uh, now, you guys, I'm throwing up another graphic. Uh, this one is kind of the same, except it has four. It has four sections, and in the middle of it, there's four big things, and it's Microsoft, Yahoo, AOL, and Google. And so, when we turn to the digital side, uh, and then from those four things, it's like every single other fucking company and platform you could possibly think of, right? And it's the same thing with the cable networks I was showing. It's showing that it's showing that six major main companies own all of the tiny subsidiaries subsidiaries of uh, they're these channels, right? And so what these two graphics show, this one of the digital, this one of the uh, cable, it just shows you guys that literally 100% of our media, what we see on TV and here on radio, 100% of that is controlled by like 10 people, okay? I'm getting to a point as it pertains to the Las Vegas shooting um, because we've been told there's one shooter, okay? We were told there's only there was one shooter. When it was all said and done, there, it was one shooter. Okay, that's not true. But I'm going to get into that in one second. Let's set the stage, Gillen Gang. Hey, by the way, YouTube, I told you guys this every episode, but still, 80% of you who are watching this right now are not subscribed to the channel. So do me a favor. I'm going to take a drink of this coffee. Just hit the subscribe up there and ring the bell. Oh, yeah, and podcast users, listen, if you guys haven't reviewed us and subscribed yet, do that. Even if you hate me, go tell me, and then I'll blast you out on social media. Because I'm smart and good with my words. Okay. So I'm telling you all this for a reason, right? And so, okay, 10 people own 100% of the media. Cool. Well, the same thing applies to Hollywood. Now, we're not going to get too far out there. If you guys want, there's two episodes in particular that you can go back and listen to of the Marshall Gillen Show, either on all platforms, podcasts, okay? One, one is called Spilling the Tea on Pedo Wood. And the other one is, um, I think it's just, I think it's Mar the Marshall Gillen show June 4th, I think. And it goes into great lengths and detail about what it is that I'm talking about. But uh, Hollywood, completely 100% controlled, okay? You don't get famous in Hollywood or in the music industry. You do not become mega famous unless you are, uh, unless you trade off something, right? Um, so if you guys want to know where this term sell your soul to the devil came from, it came from Hollywood. It came from that, that whole genre. That's the whole entire point of it. Uh, not to get too deep in it because I know some of our listeners are like, what in the fuck are we talking about? I thought this was about Vegas. It is. And it's more importantly than about Vegas or about politics or Hollywood or any of that. More than anything, the reason I tell these stories is because I want to give you guys an opportunity to break free from the bullshit so you guys can break your programming, all right? Heal from your suffering that you're going through right now, okay? And then step into the greatness that is yours all the time. Just human beings, we don't know that. We're not taught that. The whole point of this life is God just wants to experience him and herself as us, as you, right? And then we're supposed to remember. There's nothing to learn. There's nothing to discover. Like, you guys know every single thing that ever ever was, ever is, and ever will be. Like, every single, all of knowledge, all of time exists inside the DNA, inside of your cells. And that's true for everything. It may, everything is made up of that, right? And so it's interesting because people are like, oh, we're on this journey. We're here to 
to learn and like, no, 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 you're not. Nope. That's not right. Uh, you're literally just here to remember. We already know everything. But uh, the, the, the joke, the cosmic joke is that we're, we are gods and goddesses, but we don't know that when we come in here, we don't remember. We've gone through the veil of forgetfulness. And so there's people at power that know that. And uh, this whole matrix was constructed for that. Okay. And so that's why this whole thing exists. That's why there's media. That's why there's the Hollywood music point being is like, for example, I said this the other day on the show, the rock coming out and uh, endorsing Joe Biden. That's not, I already knew that you guys, cause you don't get mega famous unless you've traded something like that's just how it works. Uh, that's how Hollywood works. There's been countless numbers of people who have fallen out of the ranks of Hollywood who have said that there's countless child stars who were uh, raped and, and trafficked, so to speak, lightweight within that industry um, who've come out and said that, but it's like, they're, they're discredited by the fucking 10 people that own all of the media in the world, right? Or at least in America. They're discredited by the 10 people that own everything in America and then the rest of people just follow like sheep. And so as it applies to the Las Vegas shooting, like I was there that night. There was way more than one shooter and it didn't come from just up top there, man. There was people like running through the street shooting people. There was at least four people. I'm gonna get into that in one second. But it's just interesting because I'm like, oh yeah, no wonder. You guys got to take an objective look at what's going on. Who stands the benefit the most? And I hate to say it that way, but who stands the benefit the most from the largest mass shooting ever in history? People who oppose guns, people who uh, on the left who want to have radical ideas about changing the, uh, what make this country, this country. And so it's like, I know it sounds fucking far-fetched, but it's not that crazy to think that somebody who talks about opposing gun violence, who's against guns, this like, false flagged that, staged that, so they could go, look, we're right, okay? It's a sacrifice. Got some comments coming in, let's see what they say. Snap your fingers and make all of existence. Like how arrogant and foolish do you have to, oh yeah, so here we go. Well, this is live, you guys. Uh, I'm not sure who Christopher Thomas is. He says, what proof do you have for anything you are saying and how in the world can you get off saying that you are God? Well, Christopher, how can you, where's the proof that we're not? Like, where's the proof that we're not, right? Um, he says, uh, again, you guys, we're just taking a break to uh, uh, talk with Christopher. Um, he says, like, how arrogant and foolish do you have to be to claim that we are all gods and goddesses? Prove to me right now that you're a god. Do something godlike. Bro, I'm living. I'm alive. Look at this. Like, I don't make the food I put into my body turn into my spleen and my stomach and my cells. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know who fucking makes this avatar that says I can stand on one foot while doing all of this and thinking and juggling and pulling and shooting. Like, how in the fuck do I do that? How in the fuck, how in the fuck is that possible? Like, I don't, I'm not in control of that. And so, um, yeah, Christopher, I'm not here to convince you any different, but it's, uh, that's part of the pushback that I get sometimes, Gil and Gang, when I say things like this, because I understand, like, we were never as a culture wired to believe that. What would happen to religion if they, if you took a mushroom, realized that you are God and that everything is one and none of this matters because everything is love? What would happen to religion? It would disappear. What would happen to control, fear? It would disappear. What would happen to keeping us sick? You guys, everything in this world is fake. Fake food, fake news, fake movies. Like it's all fake. Even the music. If you guys dig deep, like the music was changed years ago by the government for, for, to a different frequency. I know you guys think that these little frequencies don't matter. But our cells are literally vibrating. It's just energy. This is like, we talked about this in the show yesterday. Quantum physics proves that we're not even real. Like there's no actual physical matter. It's just a frequency. And so even down to the point 
Or you guys have heard of things like called binaural beats, which I, I listen to binaural beats every day, all the time. And there's frequencies, and the government literally changed the frequency that music is recorded in and released at on the radio, all the music you listen to, to a frequency that is not natural. Like it, there, to, uh, like, so 432 is like the ultimate God frequency, 432 hertz, and they changed it to 440, which literally creates disruption within your cells. That's not objective. That's, that's science. Like science proves that. And years ago, the government... Uh, created a, a law that said you can't record music in 432. It has to be in 440, and everything was changed. And so if you guys take a deeper look and are willing to do your own research, you'll find that out. Um, to, to my friend Christopher, though, who says I'm a clown shoe, um, yeah, I, I mean, brother, like, man, you're free to believe whatever you want, man, and I fully support you. Um, if you're a Christian and believe in Jesus Christ as a Savior, like, bro, like, God is good. I'm, I'm about that. I think that all of us just need to figure out how is it that we can reconnect to God and in whatever sense that is? I don't even say God. I always say the God of your spirituality. And so, you know, when I say things like we are gods and goddesses, like <clears throat> I don't understand why people would get mad at that. What, how, first off is why, why? Like why, why do you feel so challenged by the idea that God loves you so much and God creates you in his and her perfect image? So he gave, she, uh, God gave you all the abilities that God has. You just have to remember that you're capable and worthy of using them. Like, I don't understand why people get, like, people get, like, look at Christopher. Like, he's literally triggered by that. And it's, like, crazy. It's, like, wait a second. I'm, I'm giving you permission to, to go, you know what? What if I couldn't fail? What if I couldn't get it wrong? What if God never judged me and he loved me all the time no matter what I do? Right? Like, why is that so challenging to people? It's so funny. Or when I tell people you can heal from any disease, like literally your body can heal from any disease, any disease, anything. Um, people get really mad about that. And I get it. But like you guys, I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. It's just like you got you to gotta be able to, you know, you got to get in where you fit in, man. Chris says, okay, so read the wor world of all. You, uh, you can't. God made. E so Christopher says, okay, so rid the world. First off, you didn't spell rid, right? So, okay, so read the world of all evil. Um, <clears throat> if you are God, create something right now out of nothing. And I'm not talking about making a trip to the toilet. Well, that's God. God, we talked about this yesterday on the podcast. Like God created evil, bro. Like there was nothing. There was nothing besides pure bliss. That's it. And God couldn't go left, couldn't go right, up, down. There was nothing. And so that's when God decided to, that's when source energy decided to experience itself, to know itself. And it created, it created a reaction or the big bang or whatever. And the universe has just been expanding because it's like a vine. It just keeps growing and growing and growing. So life is just growing, man. It's just, there's no, there's no purpose to it. God just wanted to experience everything there was to experience in his infinite and, and infinite everything. God is everything and nothing. It's, he, 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 he is everything because he is nothing. It's like, it's all God. All of the chaos, all of the evil, we talked about this. So child sex, like it's all God. Like it's all, it, he made it all. Like it, all of it, the, everything. There's nothing that's not made by God. And so, you know, when you think about it like that, he's like, oh, rid the world of evil. Like God doesn't want us to rid, like God wants us to live in harmony. And doesn't even like that. Well, one is God doesn't want that energetically that's just what's going to happen like there's no two ways about it all the universe is pulling itself back together and it and it it'll eventually become one because there's only one source energy right so it's not what god wants like that is what it's going to be like love wins in the end and so 
it's not that God wants us to do anything. God, God put us here to experience and he gave us all the qualities and abilities to become whatever we want to become. But there's people at large that have for years, for centuries, for millennia who have suppressed this information, who have, have used uh, it against us to control us and to make money and have power off of us. Um, okay, I'm going to get back to my story because I can go on. Christopher will go with us all day. He says, yeah, but you saying you are, you literally are a God is contradictory to biblical narrative of God. Yeah, but man made the Bible. Like man made the Bible. And nobody that wrote the Bible actually saw Jesus. Like it's all passed down. And so again, like the Bible's man is a construct of man, which means that ego and opinion or anything is there. And so like Jesus to me is the representation of who we all are. Like you are Christ. All of us are Christ. Like that's the whole fucking thing. And so that's what the, how the Bible is written is, is from a spirituality standpoint, like Moses in the burning bush, like, come on, man, that was fucking, that was some form of DMT that he took. He saw God thought he had these commandments and like, dude, it's not that hard, but uh, anyways, um, Bible. Yeah. Okay. And he says, uh, I, I'm doing voice to text right now. Uh, but, uh, that shows how you like an argument because you're pointing <laughs> obvious typo. That's the one thing out of all we talked about, bro, that you picked out was me, that little blurb I said about you reading. Uh, for those of you guys who are podcast listeners, this is why you guys got to tune in live to the show. And it's also why I do it live because I like to be able to go back and forth. I'll get back to the story of Vegas, but I'm having a lot of fun with Christopher right now. Uh, and that same lie is about to come full circle. Not sure when, but is going to uh, be going another lie and you are falling for propaganda of the new age nonsense that is going to make you believe that you can live forever by uploading. No, bro, no. We're not, I don't want a technocracy. Uh, he says that I'm part of the new age people who thinks I'm going to upload my consciousness to an avatar body. I don't want that. That's not natural. That's why I left all the shit and moved to the, the mountains in Montana. Um, I connect to nature through, I connect to God through nature. I don't think it's that we should probably be uploading our consciousness into an avatar body. Um, death is a beautiful transition. Like death, I, death is scary here in the ego, but I, I, I believe that death is going to be this, you, I don't know. I'm not ready to die, but death is going to be a, a, like a very, like, I think with the moment it happens, um, we're just going to feel ultimate love and peace because we're returning to source energy. Like we choose to come back into this third dimensional reality and ego is the suit that we need to wear to be able to play within the video game. And so, uh, no brother, man, like, I don't want to live forever. That would be terrible. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I, we do live forever. Like we're all God. It's like, you guys, if this was a crystal, if I had a crystal right here and I had a flashlight and I shined the flashlight through this crystal, what would happen on the other end? That one source energy, that one light would shine through the crystal prism and it would come out the other end as a bunch of different colors. Uh, that's simply what God is, right? God is one source light shining through a prism, which is third dimensional reality, which is this earth shining through the earth and it refracts as people, as eye drops, as trees, as evil, as good, as bad. Like, it's all the same thing. Okay. Uh, you are definitely falling from new age perception. No, that definitely isn't the one thing that I picked out. Uh, why are you playing around with the gun while you are talking on camera about stuff that's not even gun related? That's unhinged and weird. Okay. Tune in, bro, and you will learn. Uh, tune in and you'll learn. And I love you, bro. Um, and I love you. And it's not loaded. Uh, for Gillen Gang, you guys know why. You guys know about crypt mastery and... Uh, uh, Training. Okay, I'm going to uh, turn the comments not off. I'm just going to go away from them so I don't see this clown shoe talking anymore. Uh, uh, but thank you for tuning in, bro. And thank you for the engagement. Um, helps the video a lot. So anyways, back to the night of the Las Vegas shooting. Um, it was a very interesting night. Is Actually, I was in Las Vegas 
And this is, this is just, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent, but it's just interesting because now it's like, when I look back to that night, I'm like, bro, why, why are they telling us there was one shooter? Um, and also I want to give you guys a little insight on, you know, on just life is so fragile and it's so quick. It, it can happen. It can end so quickly. And even when you're doing the right things, I know that's how I started the episode, but like, you know, when I was sitting there and I thought I was literally waiting for a, a gunman with an automatic rifle to come around the corner, like I just, people ask like, oh, do, did you have regret? And it, there was no regret. I, in, in that moment, I literally thought, I thought that me and Shannon, which is my ex-girlfriend now, but I thought me and Shannon, I thought we were, I mean, I thought we were literally going to be shot to pieces. And so in that, like, everything just stopped. Like I could hear like, I guess it was like my heart beating really, but everything was, and there was peak chaos, right? But I, everything just stopped and slowed down and I could hear my heart beating and it was very quiet. And I just remember looking at the staircase and waiting for this gunman to come around it. And there was not regret, but there was an emptiness. There was like nothing. Like I had built this entire business from scratch. You know, I five-time college dropout, attempted suicide survivor, all the trauma I went through as a child. Um, I had built this business in 17 months to a multi six figure business, traveling the world, speaking on stage, like uh, helping other people from committing suicide, uh, helping people lose weight, saving marriages, uh, connecting parents, like all these fucking crazy, amazing things. And so it's like, you would think that I would have felt so fulfilled to, to prove all the doubters wrong. But in that moment, when I thought we were going to die, there was no regret. It was just emptiness, like empty. And, um, I think that that one of the things I want to share with you guys in this story that I'm telling is like, I want you guys to understand the magnitude, you know, of just how you choose to live life. Right. Like I don't know my comments are blowing up. I'm not reading them right now. Um, but I bet it's that Christopher guy. And it's like, think about that Christopher guy. Like think of all of the energy he's, he does, he clearly doesn't agree with me. Clearly doesn't agree with my ideology. And think of all the fucking time and energy he's literally wasting of his life, of this gift of right now, like wasting in the comments, watching me because he's triggered by me and then, and then going off in the comments like to, to, to for what? Like I'm, I clearly am never going to agree with what the fuck that guy is saying. And he's clearly never going to agree with what I'm saying. So it's like, why are you wasting your time, brother? Like, oh, like you guys, Gillen Gang. If you're listening or watching this, please, for the love of fucking God, stop wasting your time. It's so limited. I went to Las Vegas in 2017. I had just, uh, be, I had just been entrepreneuring, uh, at a high level for about, uh, I guess like it was like, uh, probably nine months at that point. Um, and so we went to this, this, uh, this event in Las Vegas called thrive, make money matter. I actually still wear the bracelets. Um, I still wear, have the bracelet on. Uh, and what make what they do uh, make money matter is we believe that entrepreneurs are superheroes because we have a superhero ability to be able to go out and make money. And so uh, what one of my mentors, Cole Hatter, has always said, he goes, hey, look, if you need a million dollars to live your dream life, great. Go out, make two million dollars, give a million of it away, keep a million of it and still live your dream life. So how can we make money matter? And so um, also known as for purpose business. Uh, and so my business, you guys, Unstoppable New You. Uh, which you guys is a new program that I'm coming out with. It's literally a, a hundred minutes, a hundred minutes of mastery for a hundred days in five areas. And I literally will transform your entire life. But for example, that's a for purpose business, meaning that 15% uh, of all the profit or all the money that we make uh, goes directly to a charity or cause. 
Uh, what we're doing is feed Montana. So I'm feeding the kids here in Montana, literally with everything. So it's like we made $18,000 this month and I'll our last month. Um, I'm terrible at math, 18,000. And so once it all clears uh, and the money is here, uh, that will be uh, 2,700 bucks. And $1 buys three meals. So literally this month, uh, my brand, my business is going to provide 8,100 meals um, for the kids of Montana, uh, which is pretty fucking cool, I think. And so anyways, uh, I didn't know about all of that. Um, we went to Thrive Make Money Matter in uh, the end of September. I think it was September 29th of 2017 to learn about this, to learn how to make our money matter. And I'm telling you guys, like, it changed my life. It, it changed my life for the first time ever. Like I felt what it was like to walk into a room of people who are just like you, who like are driven and hungry and want to help people and like love God. And like, it was remarkable. I'd never in all the years of my, my, I think it was like 30, how old am I now? Almost 36, so like 33. In all of my 33 years, I'd never experienced anything like it. It was incredible, absolutely incredible. I mean, it was a three-day event. And for you, or those of you guys who don't know how events work, like this work, uh, you know, general, a lot of times they, they do what's called a mastermind. They have a mastermind. It's a yearly program where you can invest money to be part of an exclusive, like let's just say like a, a digital country club of other people who are just like you. And so Thrive has this. Uh, it's only 100 people are allowed in it uh, a year, and um, it's $25,000. And so at the end of that weekend, you know, my girlfriend at the time, Shannon, and I had decided that we need to make this investment. The problem was we had no money uh, and I think we had to spread it across. I, I thought it was five credit cards. She said it was three, um, but we had to spread it across three credit cards. Literally didn't even know how we were going to make the monthly payment. We just knew that we had to change something in our life because what we had been doing, even though we had been working really, really hard and doing all the right things, like we just, we just weren't getting ahead. Like we didn't like, what the fuck? How is that even real? And so we decided um, and actually I was scared. She was the one that was like, no, we're doing this. I was like, are you sure? And she's like, we're doing this. And so, um, we took the plunge and, uh, at the end of the three days, um, we were on cloud nine. It was amazing. Now you guys, I know it's going to be weird for some of you guys to hear this, uh, growing up in America, but, uh, the 33 years old, I had never been to Las Vegas. That was literally my first time to Las Vegas. Uh, I was at the hard rock hotel. And so we spent the whole three days at the hard rock. We didn't go anywhere. And so Shannon, uh, was like, you know what? Um, let's go celebrate. Let me take you out on the strip. Like, let's go. Like, you know, like she wanted to show me around and I was like, okay, let's do it. I'm in Vegas. Fine. And I'm not a gambler. And so like Vegas just doesn't do it for me. Um, and people are, there's lots of shows and like, I know, I know. And the shows are great. I've been seeing some of the shows, uh, Circus de Soleil or however the fuck you say that. Um, I've been seeing some of those shows and they were great, but Vegas is just not for me. It's just not my style. Like I like the mountains. I like cabins. I like outdoors. I like space. I've never been a big fan of crowds. That's why I hate going to concerts, which is ironic that we're going to talk about a shooting at a concert. But um, I was like, fuck it, let's do it. So she gets dressed up, looks gorgeous. She's in this great looking dress, very slim. It's shiny, right? I'm dressed up. I got the slacks on. I have a coat. I have a jacket on. I'm looking good. And um, we decided to walk to the strip just to go see it at the Hard Rock Hotel. It's not there now. They've uh, taken it down. I'm not sure if they're rebuilding there or a new spot. But it was, you guys know uh, who have been to Vegas in the past. It's like four or five blocks off of the strip, just, just off the strip. And so our night starts off October 1st. Uh, we're walking out. And I'm telling you guys, um, I, I didn't know anything about spirituality. I wasn't nothing, like nothing. I'd never taken mushrooms at the time, like nothing. This is three years ago, Marshall. I was just a fucking bartender who learned how to make some money online. 
very uh, small-minded, very scarcity mindset, ego-driven. Um, and so uh, I, I, but this was the first, I looking back now, this is the first time I, I, my intuition was like alert, alert, alert. And I should have noticed, but anyways, we were going to uh, walk into dinner. Uh, I, I don't remember what time it was, maybe like around eight o'clock or something like that. And um, we had just a block from the hotel. And I remember looking over and uh, there was this homeless guy and I lived in San Diego for 13 years or 12 years. So I know homeless people. I was in San Francisco the year before that. So 13 years of homeless people, right? Just, which is terrible. Talk about a pandemic, but the government doesn't give a fuck about that. Also, it's like, why are, why are homeless people not dying from COVID if it's so deadly? But anyways, um, where was it going now? I saw this homeless guy, but there was something about this homeless guy I saw, you guys, that just like, I don't know, it was this eerie feeling. This really, I don't know, this eerie feeling. And I told, and Shannon even came and grabbed my arm. And he was across the street. There was like, you know, but it was just energy. And I told Shannon, I looked at her and I said, Something about tonight doesn't feel right. And she said, what? I said, she said, do you want to go back? And I said, no, I don't want to go back. I just said, just said I don't know. I just, something doesn't feel right. Um, and then, so that was that. And we got to the strip and I was like, all the lights, like, wow, this is fucking incredible. And um, forgive me, you guys, because I've only been in Vegas, like, well, maybe three times, but all for conferences. And I never went to the strip again after this. Um, but I went to the, we went to a restaurant that has the big Eiffel Tower out in front of it whatever the fuck that one is called. And um, uh, we had this amazing dinner. It was amazing. Uh, dude, it was so good. And then after that, I, I was pretty tired. Three days of intense learning, three days of intense like um, emotional uh, you know, work and this and that, uh, you know, ending with making the biggest investment of our lives that we were stressed about and didn't even know how we were going to pay for. And I was just tired, had a full belly. And I was like, I just want to go back and go to sleep. But she's like, hey, Let's just go, let, let's walk back, let's, let's walk across the street, walk down that side, walk back up and then back to our street and down to the thing. I said, okay, and she said, we can Uber home. I said, okay, let's do it. So we leave whatever the fuck that Paris restaurant is uh, and we go up and we're, we cross the bridge and we go into this uh, casino restaurant called New York, New York. And so we're at New York, New York. Uh, it's pretty much empty. It's, it's pretty much empty at the time. Like it's probably just, be, just before 10 o'clock at this point. And, um, which is, uh, which is when the shooting is just starting to break out, which we have obviously have no idea. Now at this point, the shooting was, was, was in this open lot that was next to the Luxor and, uh, the MGM, but, um, Mandalay Bay. So next to Mandalay across the street, like there's a dirt lot that was across the street from Mandalay Bay, the real tall one. And then Luxor was next to that. And then we were right next to that. And so we were in New York, New York, and uh, we're taking some pictures, walking through it. I'm like, wow, this is fucking crazy. Like, look at all the props and the settings. And then what happened is we came out of New York, New York, up on the balcony, and it was like fucking pandemonium outside. There, Everybody was against the railings in the, the walkways. I mean, everything's in the street. And uh, we could hear cops going and going, but I looked down into the street, like into the, another, again, this is, two and a half blocks from where the shooting was taking place. I looked down into the middle of the street and there was an ambulance there and some cop cars. The center was uh, closed off and they had a blanket over a dead body. And we were like, whoa, what the fuck? And so um, it was very somber energy, very, very heavy. And I looked at Shannon. I was like, I told you something weird about tonight, man. And uh, we, I asked one of the people that was looking at I'm like, what happened? They're like, dude, a guy literally ran across, was running across the, the street and pop, 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 like shooting people, shot this person like a random dude with a gun. 
And I was like, no fucking way. Now you guys got to remember, I, I just became a gun owner not that long ago, a couple months ago. And I just started shooting guns a few months before that. I've been terror. Even though I grew up on a farm and I grew up shooting shotguns in like 22 rifles, I just don't, I've, I've, been, I've always been scared of guns. Cause I'm like, bro, guns are fucking dangerous. They fucking kill people. Right. And so I, I, I've never been an advocate to take away guns. I just never wanted a gun. I was always like, it's better to have a friend with a gun. Right. Um, and so at this time in Vegas, I'm thinking, holy shit. Like I was very fearful in that moment. So I'm like, are you kidding me? There's a gun guy running around Vegas right now. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Me and my girl are just out here. Like what the fuck are we supposed to do? And so oh, I was like, let's keep moving. Like, let's just get back to the hotel. So we left and we started, uh, we started walking down towards MGM. We're like, I don't know what the fuck the deal is. She's like, let's just go through MGM um, and then go home. Because again, at the time we didn't know what was going, there's no, like, we didn't know about what's going on yet. There's no shooting, right? It's just that one isolated incident. And so all of a sudden uh, we hear all this chaos, all this really loud noise. Uh, the shooting had just happened. The, the massive shooting at the concert where a, a lot of people died, that had just happened. Shannon and I had, had just walked into the MGM at that time. And so when we get into the MGM, you guys, it was, it was like a scene out of The Walking Dead or something. It was, it was the most wild thing I'd ever seen. Like there was a bunch of ass people in there, but it was silent. Everybody was like up against the walls, like crying or leaned down against the walls. They were huddled up together. Like it was the most eerie thing. And so what happens is we came in, we came in up top of uh, to the um, MGM and like, right into the sliding, the opening doors. And like, we start to go down the stairs. I'm like, Whoa, what the fuck is going on? Shannon? This is like incredibly weird. We go down uh, the escalator into the main like lobby of the casino. Same thing. People phones plugged in people trying to make calls like, but no, it was silent and everybody's crying. And I'm like, I have the most just, I'm telling you guys, the energy was, it was the, it was insane. It was so fucking weird. And um, I'm like, Shannon, we are getting the fuck out of here. Like we're getting the fuck out of here right now. I mean, it was like one of those moments, like when, when, you know, somebody in the relationship's just like, we're leaving now, like, let's go. Right. Wasn't mad at her. I'm just like, we're getting the fuck out of here. But so she's like, okay, we're going to go through the casino and out the sliding doors. Cause they're right there. We can get back onto Tropicana or whatever fucking road we were on. And so we get down in there, we turn this big corner and there's the sports betting area and bar with all the TVs. I hadn't seen the TV or any news at all at this point. We had no idea what was going on. So Shannon and I are beelining for the door and over here to the side is the casino. And I didn't even say anything to her, which is fucking stupid of me. I just turned off real quick because I saw the TVs and just wa walked off. Now at this point, there was a big ass crowd gathered right there watching the TVs as well. And what was there playing the local news station? It was, it was airing live as they were rolling and they were reporting. The news was reporting at the time that there's four active shooters. And it was like, okay, all four shooters are down. The live news at the time who was trying to help everybody was reporting. There was five active, four active shooters. And then they announced that four shooters were down. Okay. That was the, that was while it was all happening, which we'll get to in a second. And so I'm standing there, I'm looking at the TV and it's telling us four active shooters right now uh, in the, it, within one to two blocks of where we were at. Like literally where we were at was where the shooters were at. And so uh, I'm sitting there watching the TV. Shannon is lost in the back of the crowd because she didn't see me beeline into it. Um, and if you guys have ever seen her, she's a real good looking girl. She's uh, mid-30s, uh, but she's very uh, thin framed. 
She's like uh, probably about five, seven, um, and very, I mean, she's lean, strong, but very thin framed. And so, um, at that moment I'm watching the TV and I just turned back and I looked, I, I looked back at Shannon. I, I find her through the crowd, her eyes lock up with mine. And the next thing, and remember this, the thing is silent, the casino for the, I mean, there's people in there, but it's quiet. And the next thing we heard was a blood curdling uh, scream. And he said, Oh my God, run. I mean, like the most fearful you've ever heard. And in that moment, there was a big wall, the bar, and then the TVs and stuff. And so there was literally a funnel that Shannon and I were standing in with exit doors at one end and then the whole open casino, which is where the blood curdling scream came from. So the whole fucking open casino basically tried to, it was basically like 700, probably 700 to 1,000 people that tried to funnel into this one hall down an a, a exit, like to behind the scenes for like janitors and, and shit, right? So that moment, I mean, one is I'm really proud of how I reacted because you always wonder if I was in a life or death situation, how would, I, how would I react? What would I actually do? And I'm not asking for a pat on the back. It's just nice to know. I was like, fuck, like this is how I'd react. And so what happens is, is I realize immediately that I've got to get to Shannon. Everything stops and starts to slow down all of a sudden. It reminded me kind of of playing football, right? You, I can't really explain it. Like your adrenaline kicks up, something happens and everything just quiets. And it's like, okay, here we go. And I could see Shannon, and not to be funny, but it was like Simba in Lion King when the wildebeest are going and it zooms into to Simba. And I zoom into Shannon and I go, I got to get to her. Because my first thought is Shannon's about to be trampled to death. That's literally what's going to happen. My girlfriend, the, the woman I thought I was going to spend my life with, like I, she's going to be trampled to death right now because she's tiny. And so the second that it broke out, fucking stampede happens. And sure enough, uh, Shannon starts running and she gets knocked down and she's starting to get trampled on. Now, if you guys saw the, the, the uh, thumbnail for this live video, you saw a bloody watch. Well, what happened is Shannon starts getting trampled on. I mean, she's bleeding. She's all getting all, literally getting all fucked up. If I hadn't pulled her out, she literally would have died. And so what happens is I grab Shannon. Uh, I, I fight back through the crowd. And so like, imagine if this area right here, you guys can't see it on the podcast while I'm sitting at a little breakfast bar with, uh, with little stools and a, and a little lean over of the breakfast bar. So what happens is let's say that that, that right there is all the TVs. That, that's the betting area. And this is the exit right here behind me. And, and it, I, I just posted the video of it actually on uh, Instagram if you guys want to go see it. And then this is where all the people are coming from. So I, I bust back over. I grab Shannon. Literally, I, I literally dive on the floor. I grab Shannon and I yank her back up. I grab her and I yank her back up underneath this bar and these stools. So I'm holding her like this. I'm... I'm holding her like this, right? I, I'm fucking, I'm holding her. I'm looking around and I'll, this is the moment I was talking about a second ago when there's a railing just over there where the blood curdling cries come from. The fucking people are stampeding through like it's goddamn Lion King, a bunch of wildebeest. And I have Shannon here and I'm holding her and I'm thinking, okay, calm, calm, calm. What's next? And um, all of a sudden this guy comes and runs and he puts his hand down. He's come on, give me your hand. Let's go. And I'm like, get the fuck out of my way. I can't see. I can't see, right? The guy was like, what a patriot, what a hero. Uh, I don't know why he would ever know this or see this, but um, shout out to you, bro. I don't even know who you are, but uh, you know, looking back on that now, for you to stop um, and offer us help, I mean, I've really literally never thought about this until this moment right now. Like, uh, man, it really says a lot about that guy. Um, 
But I was like, get the fuck out of the way. Get the fuck out of the way because I couldn't see anything. That guy got the fuck out of the way. I'm holding Shannon. Um, we're, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling, pulling it up, trying to keep us out of the fucking stampede because it's just a very narrow hallway. And I'm waiting for that guy to come around the corner or girl, whatever, right? And that's when I was having that moment going like, damn, this is the moment I'm going to die. This is the moment I'm going to die. But my only, my only thought, and again, I'm not, I'm not looking for a pat on the back, but this is just how it was. My only thought was I got to keep Shannon alive. Like it's my duty to keep Shannon. I have to keep her alive. That's all I could think about. And so, uh, I don't know what Shannon weighs. I, I probably weigh, I, at the time I probably weighed in at about a buck 75. Um, and Shannon was probably weighing in about a buck 25, buck 30. And, uh, so I just, well, I didn't know what else to do. So I literally got, I, from that spot, I picked Shannon up in my arms, picked her up like this and just started fucking sprinting towards the door. I'm bowling through people like fucking get out. Like I'm coming, I'm coming. We bust out these back doors and into an alley. Now, for those of you who want to know why I carry a gun with me 100% of the time, why you'll never find me without a gun again, it's not because of what I went through in the very beginning of that night, but what happened next. Because at, after we spilled out into that back, first off, they had reported four active shooters. They later reported all shooters were down, but that, that wasn't until 10, 15 minutes later. So what happened is we, we heard that there was four active shooters in the one to two block area of where I was at. And so we spill out into this back door. And what the fuck I realized is that I was in an alley, a long alley that was behind all of the casinos, but that was inaccessible from any other roads. Meaning like that alley was 100% completely closed off. So nobody could just wander from the strip or wander from the other street and like get, you know what I mean? Like there's no way out of it. And so what I fucking, that was the moment is now I, I obviously I put Shannon down and there's a bunch of ass people in the streets, but now I'm like, I'm just fucking scared because I'm, I'm waiting for another gunman at a vantage point to just open up because I realized we're in a fucking fishbowl. We're in a fishbowl at that moment. And I was like, so I have Shannon, I'm fucking, I'm like, I'm grabbed her. She's bleeding all over the place from getting trampled. You saw all over my watch. It was all over my clothes. She's all fucking bruised up. And I have Shannon and I'm like, we're like, I'm, we're, I'm going like behind transformers and cars. And like, we're in a little narrow alley with a bunch of ass people. And I'm like, listen, this dude just did a mass shooting. These people just did a mass shooting. This funnel is a perfect place to fucking start off in a mass amount of people. Cause everybody was off the strip at that point. Everything where everybody was taking cover. And so I had never in my life ever before wanted a gun so bad. I didn't never shot one, didn't use one, but I just kept thinking like I felt so helpless and so, uh, so vulnerable. I, and again, it wasn't about me. If it was me, I would have fucking hopped over. Like they, the fences were tall, but I would have hopped over that fence in a fucking heartbeat and been gone. If it was me alone, it wouldn't have been, it would have been an issue, but none of it. But I had Shannon with me and there's nothing wrong with her. It's not because she was a girl. It's just like most people are not trained in that situation in a skirt and barefoot at this point because her heels got lost to climb a fucking 16 foot fence and hurl yourself onto the, like most people just are not equipped to do that. And so it's like, if it was just me, it would have been fine. But the reason was because I, I felt like I, I had no way to protect my own. And so, um, we ended up getting to the alley. We did have to climb a fence. It was a, it ended up being a brick wall that was only about maybe six feet tall. Shannon got scraped up from that shit, spilled over onto the other side, uh, and then ran down another alley where we were able to finally catch an Uber. Um, 
and we went back to the Hard Rock Hotel because Vegas was locked down at that point. They started locking the whole thing down. And we, uh, when we got back to the, uh, when we got back to the hotel, Vegas had a triage center set up. The all the all the which shout out to Vegas people because uh, in that moment, man, they all came together so fast and so quick. It was amazing. All of the hotels had created a, a makeshift triage center for the guests because there's a lot of guests that were in town for that country concert. Um, and they made, and so when we got back to the Hard Rock, Shan and I are in absolute shock. My adrenaline, I just can't believe I got her out. I thought we were going to die. Like I thought. It's just one of those things where it's like, um, you really realize how fragile life is. Now, I, I don't, again, my comments are blowing up. I haven't looked at them yet. I don't know if that Christopher guy is still here or not. But if he, you know, for those of you who are, who are listening to this and watching this, it's like uh, that guy, it's like, he might be doing all the right things. And he may be an upstanding citizen and the best husband and father and like all the things, right? And even still at, at any given moment, like it could all be taken away from him like that and of no fault of his own. And it's the same thing. I'm like, why are you wasting your time here, bro? Like, why are you doing that? It's not good for you. Well, uh, that's, that's subjective. Who knows what the, what's good or bad? Who's determined, right? But like, is that the best way that he could spend his life? most fulfilling. I don't know. Maybe he gets fulfilled by that. I don't know. But I realized in that moment, Shannon, we go back to triage. Shannon's got gashes on her and she's getting like, but uh, getting some uh, band-aids and stuff. And I just remember thinking like, wow, no matter what I did, it could all be taken away. And so we get back to the triage center uh, and there's a bunch of there's guests in there. Oh, and when we got back there, um, there was this real pretty, mid twenties, uh, girl uh, in a dress. And she was her, the inside of her legs, both of them, her, all of her chest and the inside of her arm side of her face was gashed, gashed open, like definitely needing stitches. And she and I get back there and we're talking to her and she's pretty coherent for having such deep wounds and so much trauma. Like she was very with it. And um, we're asking like, whoa, what the fuck happened? She's like, I was at the concert when fire opened up. It was coming from everywhere. And she said, we didn't know what to do. So my friends and I, we ran toward a, uh, the fence and there was a chain link fence. But it's like one of those temporary rollout chain link fence. So there was no top to it, just open, wide, open, open fence. And so they literally, she said, people were just climbing this fence and hurling themselves over, getting ripped open. Um, the reason that she said she wasn't that, she was pretty coherent at times because she was had three friends that were also in the triage center with her, but they were over against the wall. Two of them consoling one of them who I guess, um, whose boyfriend and baby, like father of her children was shot and killed there. Right. Um, they were like right in her arms, like as they were running. Right. Uh, I talked to another person. She, we were talking to the other person in their, that party. And they were saying that when they left, um, when they left, when they ate, when they got over the fence and were escaping, they were trying to get a, an Uber and they had finally flagged down a cab and the cab pulled over and they were, they were just getting ready to get in. And this guy walked up, young kid walked up like gone. And he's like, can I have your cab? Um, and he was holding his girlfriend who was probably dead. She was shot and not moving. Um, and he wanted to go to the hospital or something. And so they were like, yeah, we gave, we gave him the cab and we caught the next one. I mean, like all this crazy shit. I later found out, 
uh, one of the kids, I was bartending uh, part-time still at the uh, bar in San Diego at the time. Um, I found out that one of our, our bus boys, our food runners, uh, he was actually at the concert. He had to run for his life and escape. And, um, you know, when I got back and I started hearing these stories, I was just in shock because uh, I couldn't believe it. And so when I went to sleep, I woke up the next day, a bunch of phone calls and texts were coming in because a lot of people knew we were in Vegas. I have a public following. Um, and that's when it hit me. That's when I really kind of went into shock. I woke up the next morning and it didn't seem real. I couldn't believe everything that was coming out. And um, I remember later that day, we went down to the pool uh, at the Hard Rock. And at the Hard Rock at the pool, it's like surrounded by only all tall buildings. And that was the first moment where I started to feel uh, what would I, I would later realize is a PTSD from that moment. And so even now to this day, still like, well, one is I've, I've worked on situational, situational awareness for some time now, um, but it's just good to know, you know, I, Chris was asking, Oh, it's unhinged and weird to be holding a gun. Like Gillian gang, you guys know that like I, my gun is unloaded, but I tell you guys all the time, like I, I just became a new gun owner. And so I'm just want to get familiar with like just the actual mechanics of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like good habits, good technique, like just, just drilling, just practicing, getting familiar with the gun. When I was playing football, they, we used to carry footballs around, around with us, even in class and stuff, just to get familiar with holding it, just to, just, just to get your hands on it. Right. And so, um, Christopher, I understand if you don't use firearms, you've never been around them. I, I was like you too. Um, and that's okay. Like you can think whatever you want to think uh, and anybody else that's viewing or listening. Uh, but I live in a house with another, uh, responsible gun owner. Uh, the guy who my best friend uh, and soon to be business partner who actually got me into guns, took me shooting, helped me understand them. And he's like the complete fucking opposite of me. He's a Taurus. So he's very grounded, very methodical, very quiet. I God, God sent because I don't even know how we're fucking best friends. Um, but he's very, very like dialed into gun safety and all the things. And so, um, but a lot of the guys have been following and watching the tactical guys. They talk about dry, uh, dry shooting, right? Which is just, which is just practicing, just, just practicing with your gun and getting good with it, proficient with it. Because when the moment comes that you're ever going to need this, like in Vegas, right? I don't want to be fumbling with my shit, hoping on, I want it to be reactionary. That's out, done, boom, target neutralized. Boom. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just getting good at finding my sights. Like I can find them now. So I'm going to the range going pop, pop, pop. You guys know, just picked up my AR yesterday or two days ago, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, I'm going to be getting into a, a shooting sport called three gun, which is like you shoot with the rifle, shoot the handgun and you shoot with a shotgun. But, uh, I've been having a lot of fun at the range. I didn't realize that I didn't realize how, how fun the sport of shooting is. Um, and it's very great. So, uh, yeah, got my AR haven't shot it yet. Uh, I've got to go find some rounds. I, it was sold to me, but there's no rounds available for, for it because, uh, people are scared, rightfully so. There's going to be a civil war coming. Um, after the election, like civil war is coming. Make no mistake about that. That's why I got the fuck out of the city and bought some guns. And I'm just going to hunker down and wait for you guys to sort it out. <laughs> Cause I don't want any part of it. I want no part of it. But, um, you know, that, that, that night, uh, and that experience that I had from that is really what led me to this change of realizing like just my ways. What do I do? What do I do to be happy? Why is it that moment, Marshall, that you, when you thought you were going to die, did you feel nothing? You know, Shannon, I, I mean, I used to get these messages all of the time, all the time, every day of people telling me I saved their life or uh, that they're thinking about killing themselves or they're in the middle of it and they need to talk down. It was very heavy. 
and I would get all these tremendous people telling me, oh man, you saved my life, right? Like what the fuck are with me? Um, but, and I, I would read them to Shannon and she would just, I mean, she would cry. She would be, that's, I don't, that's remarkable. I don't even understand that Marshall. But I, I would tell her, I said, I know, but I can't feel anything from it, Shannon. I don't feel anything. I want to feel it. I want to be happy for them. I want to like, I just couldn't feel it because I had to still at the time I had such a feeling of unworthiness and undeserving within myself, even with all the accolades I've ever had in my entire life, all the performance, I just could never feel it. And so, um, you guys know that I took a mushroom trip and uh, I had, I had mushrooms for the first time uh, in March, 2019. Uh, I connected to nature uh, for the first time through that. And since then my life has completely changed. Um, I've given up all of the bullshit stuff within the city and all that bullshit. And I just moved to the mountains and, and my life has never been better. And so it's crazy because it's like in tragedy, I was able to find light um, from that moment. If you know, I hadn't gone through that, I don't know, you know, if I would have gotten to the point where I'm at now, because I don't know if I would have started to wake up to have respect for the things I'm missing, which was being present, being grateful for being alive, learning how to feel good, surround yourself with people that want you to win. Like in that moment, I realized like at any given moment, it can all be taken away from me. You know, for those of you guys who've been following me for uh, a while now, you guys know, since I've moved to Montana, like I've almost died on two of my hikes, right? One hike, I, um, almost got taken off the side of a mountain by a bighorn sheep, a ram, big ass, big ass fucking ram. Literally thought I, I literally, I don't know how it didn't happen to be honest with you. Um, I thought I was going to be plummet hundreds of feet to my death. I was doing everything that right that day. It was the middle of the day, tons of people around. Like I was doing all the right things. Could have gone over the edge just like that. Uh, you guys know I, I uh, summited the uh, mountain a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I was on the peak up there on the ridgeline making the video. And I almost got, I will got attacked by a goat. I don't know if you guys saw it, but I was literally making a video about bear spray. I'm pointing to bear spray because it's in my pack behind me. I was making a video about bear spray and I was like, da, 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 da. you know, from my YouTube, I was like, blah, blah, blah. I haven't even released this video yet. I was like, blah, blah, blah. This is the, you know, the bear spray. You only get one shot. And all of a sudden this goat just charges me. And I'm like, hey, 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 spraying this motherfucker. Um, scary moment. But again, you know, just proof that's like, man, it doesn't matter how good you do or how bad you do. Like it literally, and when it, like side note, none of you guys are going to make it out alive. Okay. You're all going to die. All of you. Um, and when it comes for you, it comes like a thief in the night. When death comes for you, it's coming like that. It's not something that you're like, oh yeah. Like, you know, people who died last night had plans for this morning. Okay. People that died this morning had dinner plans for tonight. People that die tonight are going to have plans for the weekend. Like, you know what I mean? And so it's like, that's what the, that's what the Marshall Gillen show is about. That's what, you know, the Gillen gang is all about. That's why I created Unstoppable New You, which you guys click the link in the bio, any of them, and join. It's my winner circle. It's my free community. Like, come be part of it. Because all I'm after is trying to figure out how can I get the best experience from this human life? and live in love and joy and peace as often as possible, right? You go, well, Marshall, how can you do that when you're holding a gun? Look, I don't, I have, I, the sport of shooting guns is awesome. And being a gun owner has taught me a lot, taught me a lot of discipline in, in lots of areas of my life. But as the shooting in Vegas showed, and I know that anti-gun owners are gonna hate this, but you're gonna want a good guy with a gun and especially good guys who are trained. When bad guys with guns show up, trust me, 
if you're a citizen that's just standing around in that moment, I don't give a fuck what you say about guns and gun laws. In that moment, you're going to want a good guy around with a gun who's trained with it meticulously. You're going to want that. I'm telling you. Ask the people who died in Vegas that night if they would have rather had be alive because there was a good guy there with a gun or have, have, have it like it is now. I think we all know, that, all, know, all know what the result of that question would be. And so you go, well, how can you be about love and peace, Marshall? Because listen, I still want to play within the matrix sometimes. Like I don't want to just be out in the fucking wilderness all by myself forever. I, I don't want that. I want that a lot, but I want to be able to plug back into the matrix whenever I want. I want to be able to go in and out. And unfortunately, in this environment right now, as it pertains to what's going on within the matrix and the collective consciousness, God created all of it. So it's all God, but... I, I, I want, I never want to be compromised in a vulnerable situation was like I was in Vegas that night. Okay. Now I believe there's some shit that's going to go down. So I bought guns to, to protect myself, but I didn't stay on my ground in San Diego and say, I'm going to do it illegally. And I'm going to blow like all this stuff. I just, I, I abided by the rules. I said, okay, matrix, fine. If those are the rules I have to play within, then I'm going to go to a place where I can open carry and I can conceal carry and I can have like all these things. I'm going to be off grid. I'll plug back in the matrix when I, when I want to. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't make an excuse. I didn't stand and pout and whine about how it should be. I just said, you know what? That sucks. But I'm going to work within what I can. I'm going to find how I can win. And then I moved here and I've literally, life has never been better. I've never made so much money. So short in such a quick amount of time. I've never helped so many people. Like I've never felt so amazing. Like it's crazy. You just got to step up and honor yourself. And so as always, Gil and Gang, this show exists for one reason and one reason only. We're on a mission to save a billion lives that save a billion lives with the power of vulnerability and storytelling. I just want people to stop killing themselves. That's what it boils down to. Now, if you guys have made it this far, hey, thanks. Congratulations. Uh, this has been another episode of the Marshall Gillen Show. We are now one hour and six minutes into it. I have a bunch of asked comments. So I'm gonna, I don't know how much longer we're going to go, but I'm going to read the comments. And depending on you know, what the comments say, uh, we'll see. Okay. Oh, it's still Christopher. Oh, he's still here. Oh, bro. God bless you. Oh, that's a great question. Uh, uh, what's your IG? It's my name at Marshall Gillen. And thanks for tuning in. I can't believe this guy is still here. Uh, what, uh, for, if you're still listening, I'm not sure, but, um, one of the questions I was asked is what do I think about Trump, uh, getting COVID? Uh, it's tricky. It's very tricky. Uh, what I personally believe, uh, and it would take another whole episode or two to explain why I believe this, um, I think it's a false flag. I think that it's fake. I think that it's a, a play. I think it's a play. I think the president, I think they're making a play. Uh, yesterday, the uh, whatever, the commission of presidential debate or whatever fucking organization oversees presidential debates, they changed the rules um, to the debate. And so uh, I think... I think the whole country was afraid that Biden was going to try to use COVID to get out of the debates. Um, and I think that Trump did, uh, I think that Trump did enough to, to win the first debate for his fan base. Cause you guys got to understand what the first debate was about. I mean, how, how it was won. But, um, I, I think that they're just going to, they're just using a play that they thought the demos were going to use to try to get Biden out and a uh, whole different thing. But uh, yeah, I think it's fake, but I also don't believe in COVID. I know that coronavirus is real, but uh, COVID's not. Um, hey, we have a new viewer, our new listener. Let's see. Who is Christopher Thomas? Bro, God bless you for being here for so long. 
I'm not even going to read all of that. Oh, actually, yeah, well, why are you playing with the gun? It's weird and unhinged. Uh, uh, this is why if you guys listen to podcasts, you got to come and, and, and read this shit. Like, look at all this shit this guy's saying. Returning to source energy. Yeah, you are definitely falling for New Age movement, one world religion propaganda, and you don't even know it. You are ripping off all talking points of your echo chamber. Hmm. It's an interesting view. You don't love me. You don't even know me. Yeah, I do. I love you, bro. Because I, like, let's, let's say interesting. So Chris, Christopher says, you don't love me. You don't even know me. You guys have got to understand that my opinion, my love, who Marshall Gillen is, cannot exist without the opposite. That's yin and yang. Goes back to Chinese medicine for as long as thousands of years, right? It's like Buddha, or like the Buddhists say. Like what you've got to understand is a lot of people will see the, the tree and they'll see the earth, right? As two separate things. They'll see the water as two separate things. But what you got to understand is that tree is going to die and that garbage, that, that dead tree will, will compost. And from that in the dirt and the rain and the sunshine, it'll create a new tree. And so a lot of people will see that as two different things, but yeah, it is within this physical realm, but it's not. Because at an energetic level, you guys have got to understand at a level of spirituality, you can't have one without the other. Like the tree can't exist without the dirt and the rain and sunshine. Like, yeah, I guess you could break it down into components, but the reality is it's all one thing. You can't have one without the other. And so I mention this all the time, but you guys, the, the secret, I think, to life, finding peace and joy is learning how to find uh, gratitude in contrast. Like, how can we be grateful for the contrast? Because you've got to understand that you can't experience light if you've never experienced darkness. Not, not be like, there's just no, it conceptually doesn't work like, it doesn't work like that. You can't have one side without the other. There's got to be an opposing and contrasting force for one thing to exist, right? And so I love people like Christopher, even if he hates my guts and even if I disagree with them, because I couldn't be me if there wasn't, if it wasn't for people like Christopher, because they, there would be no contrast to experience love and acceptance. I'm love and acceptance. Christopher obviously is resistance and denial, or not denial, um, resistance and anger, right? Which is really just fear. I don't know what he's gone through in his life. Probably something, probably something that hurts, that probably hurts and sucks. Probably something he didn't deserve, which is why he shows up like this on my timeline when he doesn't know me, right? But um, yeah, Christopher, I do love you, bro. Like, I do love you, homie. Um, he says, uh, uh, well, you're turning comments off because you only have two people watching and you're not talking to this audience 10,000. Yeah, not yet, brother, but I will be soon. Uh, and, you know, it's not about the number of people that I talk in front of. Plus, bro, I've been speaking on stage for like three years now. I've spoken to tens of thousands of people. So it's not about ego. I, I don't, that's not important to me, brother. Uh, I'm literally the only one making comments. I know. That's why I keep telling you, bro. God bless you. He says, I'm literally the only one making comments. I'm like, bro, God bless you. Like, thank you for helping out the algorithm. Uh, he says, life is so fragile and it can end so quick, uh, but you are a God. 100%. Being God is not being in, being in control of life. It's about understanding that you have the ability to experience. I'm just driving, uh, bro, and listening to your crazy rants with no proof of backing anything up. I'm not wasting time. And even if I was wasting time, it's in like five or six minutes. Hey, man, I love you, bro. Uh, who are you talking about voting for in 2024, dude? You still believe in voting or is it just uh, a joke hoodie? Why would you vote if you are a God? Um, it's not a joke, Hoodie. It's for my people, the Gillen gang. What's up, Gillen gang? Because politicians are nonsense. Uh, and none of it is real. Why are you a gambler? Why aren't you a gambler? You are a god. You should be amazed at gambling. This dude has some ego issues. This dude is tripping. You guys, send this guy some love. If you guys see him in the comments, um, love, give him some love, man. 
So you're, uh, you were ego driven back then, but you're not ego driven now. Uh, when you say that you are a God and literally keep showing off your nine millimeter, I'm not showing off my nine millimeter, bro. I just, uh, I'm just, I handle it. Cause it's always within arm's reach. Cause again, I drill with it. Uh, love your lives. Keep up the good work. Hey, Kinsey. Thank you so much. Well, I didn't expect that. Uh, I thought it was just more Christopher comments coming. I appreciate you. Um, interesting Christopher again, interesting that you get so tired. That isn't very godlike. This dude is unhinged by the fact that I said that I'm a God. Uh, why do you feel the need to carry a gun around and flaunt it on the internet with four people watching you? If you're a God that has lost his ego. Uh, okay. Um, Hey man, if you don't uh, have nothing but rude and negative uh, to say, just stop watching and go be a troll somewhere else. Kinsey, you're amazing. And I, I, my, my community is always so amazing. And they're always like in big defense. When somebody starts talking shit about me, they show up so hard. And I love that. But again, you guys don't waste your time on convincing him. Like that's what I exist for. Like when you put yourself out publicly, especially when you're wearing a mega hat and talking about being God and like holding the gun, like bro, girl, girl, like I get it. Also you get what you deserve, but, um, you know, the people that watch this and listen to this, um, they're like me. And so they'll understand. So be nice to Chris, you guys. And yeah, not that she was not being like, Kinsey's right. Like, you know, nothing I say, don't say nothing at all. Um, no, it's okay with you. I'll stay for a few more minutes. Yeah, bro, please. Like you're helping me insanely. All I'm doing is pointing out the hilarious existence of this logic. Okay. Um, besides, if it wasn't for me comments, he'd basically be talking to himself. Yeah, bro. A lot of people aren't watching live at 10 o'clock in the morning. All of my 90% of my engagement comes from uh, review or replays. Are you wearing a Donald Trump hat? Hell yeah, bro. Mega. Woo woo. Trump trade. Chugga, 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 chugga. Trump, Trump. <laughs> yeah, I love a God that can die. Interesting. He's so funny, bro. Um, Kinsey says, no matter what is happening in our country today, I choose to remain hopeful. Yeah, me too. 100% me too. See, as Christ follower, my hope isn't a president or any political party for that matter. I pray for them. 100% true. My hope isn't my, isn't my job, my employment, my financial status, my marital status. My hope is in Jesus Christ and the promises of his believers, his word, Bible. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, and she's right. I love this. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper and not harm. Plans to give. 1,000%. Kinsey, I am 1,000% in a total percent agreement with that. Um, I agree vehemently. And I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Also, um, I heard about that December for uh, December 21st. They're talking about the great conjunction, which is interesting because my ex-girlfriend, Shannon, who was a fucking, we were terrible for each other. All five years we were together. Her birthday is literally, um, uh, December 21st. And I've always been wondering what is it, what is about that? But yes, the great conjunction, uh, that's supposed to be going down. I don't really know how I feel about that and what's going on. I've been doing a lot of research, but I haven't talked about it yet because I don't quite understand it enough to uh, feel like I, I should be talking about it, but I'm very interested. And if you have information you want to share with me, girl, like hit your boy up because I'm trying to learn more about that. Okay, please. Uh, well, what if Trump is, what if Trump is playing? Yeah, hundred percent. Apparently, what if Trump is playing both sides? Apparently he stopped taking uh, hydroxychlor. Oh, can't say that or I might get censored. HCQ, or what if he dies, then Joe Biden wins? 100%. So for those of you guys who haven't been tuned into all of my podcasts, uh, the joke about wearing the mega hat is I wear that to trigger people like Chris because I've said this in numerous podcasts and shows already that you can quickly uh, tell who's losing and who's winning in life by people who are triggered by something like a hat um, because it's ridiculous. Because both sides are, it's it's one one wing of the same bird, two sides of the same coin. Uh, two, two edges of the same sword. Like you guys got to understand the whole thing is a fucking, it's rigged. None of it is real. 
but you don't know that until you unplug from the matrix, which again, I learned from getting in nature, but literally I learned from a mushroom trip. I think that if everybody in the world just took one dose of mushrooms, we'd be a lot closer to uh, what God intended us to be. But yes, uh, Trump is, I mean, the whole thing is, is it's not real, right? Like um, that's what's so funny about it. She says, uh, people believe this is uh, will be the last election. Girl, I, um, I have not heard that. Literally, I haven't heard that yet, but that's very interesting. It's very interesting. I'll have to dig on that later today, but uh, huh. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, wow, last election. You know what? Wow. Uh, uh, I, that's interesting. I'm going to uh, not look into it, but yeah, I'm going to do some research on that because um, I – Without totally off the cusp, without knowing, without really formulating a statement about this yet, um, I could see that. I could 1,000% absolutely unequivocally see because of a lot of other satanic stuff that's been going on for decades and decades and decades. I can see how this, regardless of who wins, will be the last election, if, if there is a, even is a winner. Definitely a civil war, though, coming uh, after the election, and you may be right. Christopher, hey, Shay Lynn. Says, Christopher, I am happy to give him love. Christopher, love you. See, Chris, we love you, bro. Um, we love you. And I know you're going to ridicule us and, and, you know, all the things. And, like, again, man, like, I'm not here to convince you of anything. If you hate me, you hate me. But I'm grateful that you exist because I can't exist without you. But I would rather have you, you know, be on our team of love and light. Uh, you like the idea of Trump, but in terms of what he's actually doing to his polar opposites. Well, that's not true. Um, he is completely uh, an enemy of the Second Amendment. Maybe, but that's why I'm buying all my guns before uh, November 3rd, right? Um, that may be true, Christopher. Like, that may be true. I'm not here to refute that that is true or that's not. Christopher's saying that Trump is actually the complete enemy of the Second Amendment. But like in all of my videos and podcasts, I've been telling you guys for months, I'm just getting to make sure all my guns I'm getting before uh, the election because I'm taking control of what I have control over and I'm not going to play victim to anything else. So you know what? If we do get our, our things taken away, that's fine. Um, for those of you guys who are just tuning into the show or listening for the first time, uh, me voting for Donald Trump, is, like I've said from the get-go, has way less to do with Donald Trump and way more to do with America. Right now, I'm simply voting for people who – I'm voting for the person who's going to open back up America and let me have guns and have freedom of speech and is going to uh, you know, not tax me to death as, some, as somebody who makes a lot of money. Um, that's what it is. So, yeah. Go America. Like I just – I love America. She says, wait, so you think Trump is part of the matrix and not a glitch? Um, no, he's part of like, well, then again, it's like even a glitch, right? Like it's still one in the same thing. It's like, okay, well, what if Trump is a glitch or the virus, but the end of the, the thing of it is, is that it, it all has to happen this way. So if I, so not to switch subjects too much on you, but let's talk about spirituality for a second or how I believe spirituality works. Like there's different, obviously dimensions. We know, I'm sure you know that where if you're talking about this, I'm sure you, you talk about dimensions too. Um, and everything is just repeats. It's, infinite it's like octaves of music notes there's eight different octaves or we call them dimensions and so what happens is we start to uh, uh transcend and start to you know uh evolve from first dimension to second dimension third dimension which is where we're at now actually not true now we've moved to a fourth dimension and fourth dimensional beings are just vibrating at a higher frequency which is getting closer to love and in fifth dimension being love and so um what happens is uh, at a spiritual level, make no mistake, you guys, this is all the matrix is happening this way because we're at a spiritual warfare, the spiritual warfare that's been going on for thousands of years. And it's, this is happening right now. This is the revelation, right? Um, and so what I think is happening to answer your question, uh, Trump being not part of the matrix and not a glitch 
is that there's a spiritual warfare going on right now. And so right now, uh, souls are battling for good and evil, our souls. And what's happening is there's going to be people in this world who like um, Genghis Khan or um, who's the other one? People like Genghis Khan, I'm tripping, not Napole well, Napoleon, kind of, Hitler, yeah, kind of, but like real bad people. I can't think of the other one. Um, but that's evil. That's pure evil. And so what happens is that your soul has a choice, a point where it comes back here and it gets to choose good versus evil. So what happens is the people that choose evil, they, they get to wreak havoc in that fourth dimension. They skip the fifth dimensional being, uh, being a fifth dimensional being overall, and they go right into the sixth dimension. And the sixth dimension is so dense with love, uh, what, what love perfection is, is that evil can't have, uh, has no choice to exist. But all of that being said, because right now we're operating on a fourth dimensional level. And so there's literally a spiritual warfare because this is where souls are choosing good and evil, right? What I believe happens is that we're going to become like Mars, Venus, Mercury, all these planets, which used to be inhabited just like ours, maybe not directly with human beings like that, but inhabited with life in their own way, in their, their own form. Because it's been the, the logos or planets, suns, stars, the logos is just an experiment. And then God experiments again and God experiments again and again. And so eventually earth is going to die and it will become a fifth dimensional entity, which means that all the plants, all the animals, all the good, the evil, the, everything that ever has been, it will all become one social complex and earth as a whole will, will know all of the information. And so the matrix or Donald Trump, as we bring it back into this, then is like, it's just part of it. It's, it's always been written this way. It's just that click with collective consciousness as the way it's evolved and formed because life is going to just do what life does. It's just going to continue to experience and become what it does. So it's like on one side, like on a spiritual level, like it's always, a, it was always going to be this way, but the collective consciousness is what's allowed the video game characters to create. And it's been perpetuated by media and movies and music and, you know, the, the elite, the establishment, Satanists for a real long time. Good question. I don't hate you, dude. I don't even know you. I can't have an emotion like hate or love for someone like that. Never met. All right. And with that, we're going to end uh, this episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you guys are watching this on replay, which 90% of you guys are, leave me a comment. Leave Chris some love. Uh, if you guys have any questions you want me to answer, if there's a show you want me to do, uh, that would be awesome. Let me know. I just, uh, I, don't, I don't know a whole lot. I just know that God uh, wanted me to talk. Uh, and I've been, re I've, been, I've been resisting that for so long. And even with this show, like, just so much resistant. I'm really proud of myself because uh, one of my fears has always been performance-based. I've talked about this before in the past of like, I, I directly relate my self-worth to performance. And so you guys know in the past that a lot of times uh, earlier this year, I stopped doing these live videos because I was like, nobody's watching and I felt worthless. I felt very worthless. And so it's interesting, right? Because our emotions and our thoughts, literally like your internal thoughts and emotions become your direct reality. Like your reality is a direct reflection. That's the whole joke like thoughts become things. And so your thoughts and feelings are literally becoming your reality. And so it's awesome because I know that I'm the one that actually manifested Christopher here on this live to, cause it's a limitation of mine. And it li they literally, his comments didn't bother me. I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm free of that. I'm completely free of it. Um, so a big win in a big day, uh, for Marshall Gillen today, which uh, is going to translate to a big win for us Gillen gang. So if you guys want to be part of my winner circle, you guys have seen it. Uh, click the link in the bio unstoppablenewyou.com forward slash community or comment or uh, send me a um, send me a comment. What do you think uh, will be the victors of good uh, of good and the elite? 
you know, again, I, I, so she asked, who do you think will be the victors of good and the elite? You know what? That's a very subjective question, right? Because um, to you and I, maybe we believe in the same good, but maybe Christopher doesn't. Maybe he's, maybe he doesn't believe in the same good that we do. And so, you know, it's hard for me to say. And the other thing is, is that, um, I have a, I have a, a habit of, uh, in my past of creating severe anxiety, uh, and mental depression, um, and unworthiness, uh, by future pacing myself. So if you guys don't know, depression comes from living in the past, anxiety comes from living in the future. And so one of the reasons that I moved to, uh, my, I lived in San Diego um, for 12 years, uh, blocked from the beach for 11 years. I lived my last down, year downtown in the luxury high rise, like overlooking the ocean, um, way up in the air. And what I realized is that, you know, what I think and what my opinion is, like nobody cares. Nobody gives a fuck. And nobody really cares if I'm right or wrong. We just all want to find people we can relate to so we can understand how to navigate this whole thing. And so the reason I decided to start going live again, and I'm answering your question, the reason I started, decided to start going live again and sharing my message, my truth, and, and my, my message, my message, is because I know that there's going to be people out there like me who can use my story and relate to it and then pull themselves up out of the mud so they can live their greatest life. And so to answer your question, one is I don't know, and I try not to dive, to dive too deep into that aspect of it because I try to stay grounded and present as much as I can in the now. Because I know that it's a habit of mine where I future pace myself and give myself anxiety and it completely wrecks everything that I am and everything that I want out of my life and my existence. And so to, I, don't, I can't answer that question. I don't know. I think it's fun to wear the hat and to play the, to play the game from this standpoint because I believe in freedom and opening America up. And uh, I just want Amer I, I just love America. Um, and Trump is the player that has been manifested right now within the game to represent that. But for me to say who's going to be the winner, good or bad, like I'm a dummy. I, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. And I, I'm not even going to try to decide. I just, I'm just looking at my life and going, what can I do right now to put myself and my family in the most secure position regardless of what happens? And for me, that was move to Montana, set up a homestead, a self-sustained homestead, which I haven't done yet. I'm working towards uh, start making as much money as possible so I can get my family out here and I know that we're safe. And then when we want, there's a major airport that I can drive to within an hour of me. My international airport. Um, there's freeways all over, and so it's like I've set myself up for the best possible way for me to one have to hunker down, but also to disconnect from the matrix and have easy access to it whenever I want. And so, uh, as far as I can say, you know, to who's going to win, good or bad, I don't know because that's so subjective. Like who's good and who's bad. Um, it's all part of the same game, right? It's all it's all part of the same game. And when you guys learn to unplug from all that, um, it'll change your life. I'm telling you guys, I took mushrooms like. I took mushrooms in 2000, March 2019 uh, and changed my whole life. And it made me realize that none of this is real. And the only thing that exists is love. And then I just did a bunch of research to fill in the rest. But you got to get in where you fit in, guys. All right. This has been a good one. Hey, thanks for interacting. And thanks for all those awesome questions. I try to do these daily, Monday through Friday. So if you guys want to tune in, I would absolutely love that. Make sure you subscribe, ring the bell, because I'm not always good to go. Oh, no, don't be sorry for all the comments. I love them. Are you kidding me? Tell me. Okay, let's see. She has another one. Don't be sorry. Let's go, girl. Like I, 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 this is what I love doing. She's, is it okay to still have a human experience and live in the third dimension, have fun? Yeah, hundred percent, right? And that's the part that people. So she asks. Sorry for the podcast listeners. She asked, is it okay to still have a human experience and live in the third to have fun? Absolutely. God wants us to have all the experiences. Like to deny something, like say to sex is bad. That's something that's been that's been that our culture has taught us, right? Sex is not good or bad. Like God, 
That's the ultimate act of coming together. That's the ultimate act that you can create life from that. Now, just using this as an example. Now, you can use sex in destructive ways. And so the, the, the balance to life is learning that we all exist as one and learning how to be acceptance, to surrender to God's will, to let go and let God, to understand that no emotions, no one experience is good or bad. It's the fact that you get to be alive because when you're dead, there's no experience, good or bad, subjective or otherwise. When you're gone, that's it. And so just think about that. Like how amazing is it that we get to be put into this, this world where we get to live as gods and goddesses to literally manifest anything that we want. We can heal ourselves. All we got to do is root down into the present moment, love ourselves so much because we know that we are perfect in God's image and understand that every single thing that we see and experience is God also. And so it's like, if you knew that, if you knew you could never fail, and if you knew that nothing that you ever did was right or wrong, and if you knew that God loves you infinitely, whether you are Hitler, Jeffrey Epstein, Jesus, fucking Mother Teresa, like it doesn't matter. All of them are God. They're all God. Sometimes a tree grows and it grows a fungus and it rots and it dies. The tree is not bad. The tree was just born with a virus or some kind of infection. You could essentially look at people the same way. They're not good or bad. Nothing has meaning other than what the meaning is that we assign it. So I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, yo, emotions are not good or bad. When, like, for example, I've been single now for a little bit over a year, okay? A little over a year. I'm ready to start dating, you guys. Dude, I'm gonna turn 35 here in like on October 17th in just a couple of weeks. And I just realized I was like, I didn't get laid once the whole time I was 35. How sad, right? It's actually been really amazing because um a year of this celibacy, a little bit over a year of celibacy has been amazing. And I know that when I have sex again, I don't want to ever just have sex just, just as a sport. And I'm not talking about having sex with people that oh, I've got to marry you. I just know that energetically, the people that I have sex with from here on out. I want there to, when I see it, I want there to be that real physical attraction. That one is just like where you're pulled together, you meet somewhere. It's just like, you can't help it. Right? Like a real life connection of, of love and expression and energy. Think of, think of that an energy. We can't see when you see somebody you're naturally attracted to you and that person's attracted to you and you look at them, you can feel an energy swell in you. It's not real. You can't see it. So how that can that be a real thing? And it attracts yin and yang to each other. And all of a sudden you start talking and you just, your body's on fire. It's tingling. You just want to touch them. You want to get closer to them. And, and finally you get someplace and maybe you start kissing and you're, you're hugging and still you can't, you literally, you're, you're like, you're holding on so tight because you can't get, you can't get close enough to them. It's just energy. You can't even explain what it is. And, and then you take off your clothes and start to express and experience the body and you come together. Like you experience literally a mutual explosion. And from that, that euphoric, the best, the best feeling that you could possibly experience and feel like from that one moment you can make life from nothing, from an energy that you can live that's not even real, from across the room, you have the power to create a life from poof, nothing. Christopher says, let me see you create something from nothing. Bro, That we have the power to create life. Like what in the fuck are you talking about, right? And so if you're telling me that having sex is only for making children and that God is going to shame you or condemn you for having sex, outside of marriage or without the intent of having kids, that's just, in my opinion, bullshit. That's bullshit. God didn't design us to have limitations. God doesn't love us conditionally. Oh, you have to be saved through this for me to love you. You have to repent for your sins to get into heaven. Like that's not how it works. 
All you have to do is choose to love yourself and to love everything else in this moment because the future is not real. The past doesn't exist. The only thing that ever exists is right now, 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 again, again, right now, 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 now. That's it. It's only ever right now. And it takes mastery and discipline, like being able to pull this gun out and hit a, a little shotgun shell from 16 yards away, like you guys have seen me do on video. Boom, little shotgun shell, right? It's because I drill all day with my gun while I'm working on my computer, talking on the phone. Like I'm drilling, drilling, drilling. I'm always, I'm always practicing with my gun. I'm always practicing. Same thing. That's why meditation and biohacking and working out and putting good food in your body, that's why it all matters. It's always about choosing right now, right now, right now. And so to answer your question, is it okay to still have fun in, in human experience and live in third dimensional to have fun? Absolutely. That's the whole point. Our soul came here to play. The inner child in you just wants to play. We're literally here to do nothing else but play. That's it. We've been given all the toys and all the possibilities. We've been given infinite possibility to manifest infinite possibilities for ourselves. That's the gift from God. It's just that how do we do that without impeding on others, without impeding on free will, without taking, without judging, without guilt, without shame. Those things are not bad. Those are, those are the yin to the yang. You can never fully feel worthy and love yourself if you've never felt guilt and shame and unworthiness. So good question. Christopher's still here. I love it. Christopher, uh, our resident troll, uh, troll Thomas says, personally, I think you are bipolar and you are not only a uh, on a manic phase, but you combine that with a lot of caffeine or whatever the drugs you are on uh, and maybe Adderall. I don't take Adderall um, because Adderall, too, too closely mimics cocaine, a feeling of cocaine for me. And I battled cocaine, um, I battled a cocaine addiction for a lot of my life. It's when I tried to kill myself. And I probably do, I definitely have manic phases and I definitely, they're definitely enhanced by um, caffeine, but um, they're for the good. I'm not bipolar though. Um, good observation though. Good engagement. Combine that with your obviously extensive new age research and you are going to be on here with a heightened sense of ego feeling like you are some sort of wise sage. I'm not a wise sage. These things that I say, bro, um, I don't even know where they come from. I mean, look, look, we're an hour and 30 minutes into this. I've been talking nonstop for 90 minutes. Like, I don't think about these things. I just say them as they come to me um, because God is working through me. But I'm not, I'm, not, like, I'm not a sage or anything like that. Heightened sense of ego. Yeah, I definitely have a heightened sense of ego. I understand how it works and what the point of it is. Like right now, you got to understand, bro, that you are, you are acting in ego because you, you're having to prove something. Like you have to prove to me like, to, like why I'm crazy, right? You have to validate and justify to yourself through your beliefs why I'm crazy. So you show up here in ego to let me know. But just think of that. Like what, what if that weren't so? What if you didn't feel the need to prove yourself? Like, okay, and cool. And where else in your life do you feel the need to prove yourself? And how long and, and how long have you been trying to prove yourself to who? Like who's that person you've always been trying to prove yourself to? Right? Like, and what emotion does that create? And then going, okay, where else in your life is that emotion created besides trying to prove yourself? And what you're gonna find is you're gonna trace back, Christopher, troll Thomas, to a point in your life from your childhood where you are still experiencing trauma that you've never healed. And so you manifest in your reality through your ego, which is how you're showing up right now, um, that you're not healed from that. Probably comes from your dad, or your stepdad, or somebody that didn't love you the way that you should. I know. I'm, same thing with my dad and my stepdad. But um, you're an interesting dude, bro. Join me on Monday, Chris, and I'll uh, see you Monday. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, but I'll have a mega hat on, and it'll be probably equally something uh, that you don't agree with. In the meantime, for the rest of you guys who uh, love me uh, and want to be part of the, uh, the, the, the group, uh, join Unstoppable New Me, you guys.
you guys know you're doing something right when you have people like Christopher showing up on your shit. Marshall Gillen show. The insanely controversial but widely popular number one show on the internet. The Marshall Gillen show. It's been real. It's been fun. And I love you guys. Stay unstoppable. Peace.